A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Taylor Wolf is the author of Birdie and Harlow, Life, Loss, and Loving My Dog So Much I Didn't Want to Have Kids. Until I did. Taylor is a professional funny person on the internet. She is the writer behind the Daily Tay blog and founder and creative director of online clothing stores, The Taylor Wolf Shop and Chili Wolf. Her work has been featured in Today, The Dodo, and more. Welcome, Taylor. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Birdie and Harlow, life, loss, and loving my dog so much I didn't want kids until I did. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It is a true honor to be here. Like This is a very big deal to me, so I appreciate you inviting me on. Oh, well, you're a very big deal too. So there you go. <laughs> Tell me about everything, how you started writing, blogging, booking, everything. Just give me give me the whole story. I'm totally fascinated. Okay. So it basically started with one of my favorite English professors a long time ago when I was in college. He's like, he told our class, if you want to be a writer, write every day. And so the fact it was 2009, I was like, well, I will start a blog. But back in 2009, I thought like, our blog's dead. I remember thinking that, but I was like, whatever, I'm just going to do it. So I started a blog just to keep myself, myself consistent. I didn't tell anybody about it for literally like two or three years. And then I kind of started to tell people a little bit and it was my inner circle and they shared posts and, you know, got just a little bit bigger and bigger. I never thought it could be a job. 
was never my intention. I only thought like Perez Hilton and like Mormon mommy bloggers were bloggers. That's all I knew of. But I kept getting fired from jobs because I was not great at sales and I just couldn't accept that. So finally, I think it was like I got laid off from something and I was like, I better figure out how to make this blog work because I'm not good at working for other people, apparently. (laughs) So I started taking on like small like advertising things as one does like when you're just scraping by. And then I think it was another part of my blog was I wanted to be home with my dog Harlow all the time because he was very needy and wonderful and energetic. And I would lock him in a crate to go to work. And I could just remember being like, this isn't fair to him. And I felt like I was in a crate at these jobs. So he was a big part of me trying to figure out something on my own. So while the blog wasn't making enough to pay Chicago rent, I started making graphic t-shirts. I started with an order of 12, put them on my credit card. And then those 12 shirts sold within like 10 minutes. So then I ordered 50, then 100. And then over 10 years later, I'm still selling graphic tees. That was much in thanks to Harlow trying to push me to do my own thing. Anyway, so there, that was the blogging part. And then Instagram came around and I was resistant to that because I was like, I don't like taking photos. Like, this is not fun. But I got on there and then I was so thankful when like reels came about because I like creating like videos and like, you know, comedy stuff. Because in Chicago, I did stand up in Second City. So all these things are leading up to this book. And I think what was the final push was 2020 when we were on our phones even more than usual. And I was making these reels about mom life. One of my big ones that took off was mom troll. It was just my impression of the moms who trolled me usually about breastfeeding. People seem to have a lot of opinions about breasts, other people's breasts. And so I would feel really down about it until I could put on a wig and put lipstick all over my face and just like basically troll them back. (laughs) Anyway, so that caught the attention of my literary agent. And I found her through a friend of mine who we met at Second City. And she's like, she doesn't just make funny videos. Like she's also a writer. So I pitched this book about funny mom essays. And about three months into this, Harlow died and I was not feeling funny. I was devastated. And so I basically told Abby, my agent, I was like, I can't, I'm not writing right now. I'm crushed. I have to get through this grief. So I'm just writing about Harlow. And I put those up as blog posts because that's how I've always gotten through tough things. And so then I told Abby a few months after Har died, I was like, what if this book isn't necessarily funny mom essays entirely, but it's about mom life and grief. And I'm like, and basically what led me to mom life. I didn't know that was the way I would get there, but it was a completely roundabout way. So it's, you know, hard leading me to realize I wanted to be a mom. There's still funny mom essays, but then there's also like losing my best friend in there too. So life loss and loving my dog so much. I didn't want kids until I did. Wow. I felt like I was being very fast there. <laughs> I know. Slow down. This is so great. Oh my God. I've had like 18 cups of coffee. Like it's just, sorry. You might have told me to chill. <laughs> Looks like you're having like a thousand cups of water to offset the <laughs> the coffee. So look at that mug. Oh my God. So funny. <sighs> a little bit. Okay. So the, and by the way, I read the FAQ on your site and you're so funny when they said like, someone was like, you know, why are you a blogger? So you said something like, you know, last resort, like you had no other choice, which is so yeah. funny. Because writing is not like a last resort necessarily type of thing, right? It's a, some people struggle so much to write anything that sounds good. And other people like you, it can, it can just like come out all the time. I feel like the challenge is what to write. It must be more like what to write about and when and how versus the art. I don't know. I'm 
Um, actually, let me just make that a question. Tell me more about that. <laughs> right now, I, oh my gosh, I'm, this is like what my breakdowns are about right now. When to find the time to write because I absolutely love getting up really early and my toddler loves getting up really early too. Mm-hmm. So like ideally I would get up at like 4.30 or 5 and she hears me because oftentimes she's sleeping next to me. And so I don't, I'm not finding the time. I feel like I, I can't find that right now, but I keep reminding myself it will come back. All those cliche things we hear and read like this too shall pass. This is a tough season. I'm in a tough season of no sleep and like not being able to write. So I don't have the time today, but hopefully tomorrow. The way I finished this book and started it was we were in a good groove of sleep, but the number one rule of sleep with little kids is you don't talk about it when it's good, you know? So (laughs) I still look back. I'm like, how did I finish this? Obviously like my husband was a huge help, but I don't even remember if that answered your question because I just started thinking about how I haven't had time to write. I'm so anxious about it, but. Well, okay. I don't want to heap on any more cliches, but I really think part of writing is collecting the information you're going to write about. Like it's a two-part process. You can't just like sit in a vacuum. Yes. So when you're out there uh-huh. living a lot, it just means you just have more material material to write about later. So you can't like do one without the other. That's true. That's a good, that helps me um, breathe a little bit. I'm collecting yeah. a lot right you now. Are. <laughs> you're collecting a lot. You're going to have a ton of stuff to write about later. Yes. So okay. Now's your season, your season of, you know, you're like an investigator and you haven't written your report yet. Does that make you feel better? That's exactly, that does make me feel better. Yeah. Now, if I could just, you know, clear my brain out to write all these things down that I'm collecting, but. They'll come back. They'll come back in like fiction. Yeah. And like one day you'll be like, where did that come from? And you're going to be like, oh, maybe it was from when my kid was two and I was da 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 Anyway. So, yeah, that's that's the magic of it. Yeah. Plus, you have to do book publicity in the middle of all of it, right? That's, yes, I do. <laughs> and how is that? How is that? I know you're on the tail end, but you know, I'm on the tail end. September was a little crazy. You know, before we started, I was like, I want to do everything. I want to go everywhere. I'm going to bring. Birdie is almost three. Goldie's almost six months. And I was like, we're going to bring the kids, and like I knew it would be hard, but I was like, I'm going to do it. This is my chance. And then we got home from, I think, like the first two stops. And I was like, I'm done. I'm tired. <laughs> I wasn't really done. But like my mind, had just shifted because I didn't like take into account the emotional toll of it. Mm. Because I'm doing these readings in front of like people, not just my phone. And there's quite a vulnerability hangover after this. Mm. Like it's it's such like a thrill to meet people in real life that, you know, a lot of them have been like, I followed you for like 10 years. And I remember like, when Har was a puppy. And I remember like when you had your miscarriage and you talked about it. So it's like wonderful on that as- aspect, but then to like, at, like share all this for like 40 minutes and then meet all these people in hug up. I like shell into myself, like, Oh my God, Oh my gosh. Like, did I share too much? Too mm-hmm. late. <laughs> he already did. And I never regret it, but there is like that vulnerability hangover and like, yeah, coming home from doing these things. I needed to sleep for a while. I love that expression. I didn't get to, but. I think that should be on another one of your t-shirts. Could you do that? I would buy that shirt. Vulnerability. Vulnerability. Yeah. Or like. Well, I I could, but I would definitely have to quote Renee Brown. (laughs) Oh, well, still, whatever. Oh, I didn't realize that was one of hers. No, I feel silly, but. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm a big Renee Brown fan. So she, when she shared that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's what it's called. It's just nice to name things. I don't know why it is, but it like makes you feel a little better about it. But you also, so you also have this whole sort of 
lifestyle brand at the same time and you have the hiking stuff and you have like, how are you managing all the different businesses? Where did they all come from? How did everything expand? Like, tell me, I'm like, is this still the same person? Yeah, I think it's still the same person. So (laughs) tell me, tell me about all of it. You say, how do you, how do you manage it? My response is not well, not very well. And when you're like, they're kind of, is it all the same person? I've never had a niche and I've like leaned into not having a niche. It's not been intentional, but I got a lot of things going on up here. And it all started like literally 10 years ago for me, not wanting to like have a corporate job because Mm -hmm. I know for some people that is great and they love structure and they love that lifestyle. And it just like killed my soul. I felt like a caged animal. And so I was like, I'm going to do anything I have to do to work for myself. And that's continued. And I just keep reaching everywhere to make sure I can never have to be in a cubicle again. And that has led to all these different brands. <laughs> I should scale down, but I don't know. My brain's a little bit all over the place. But have- so the hiking, okay. Well, I think I, I do need to work on focusing a little bit more. Ideally, I just want to write books. That's what, so like this book release was a big part of like, Step one of really leaning into my dream life because I love writing is the part that makes me feel like the most complete. I love doing the Instagram videos, the silly stuff like that, but it is very short lived. Mm -hmm. You know, it is a little toxic, I think, at least for me, because I'm like the first day I post something. Oh, that's so fun. Look at all like the likes and engagement. And then the next day it's like, oh, I better do something new now. Another video. But writing is the stuff that just feels more real to me. Mm -hmm. So it feels better for my mental health too. So I'm hoping to scale back, let other people run the other things, and then I can just keep writing books. Do you like lot. reading books also? Yes, I do. And who, who do you like to read? It probably won't surprise you after you've seen my brand. I read like 10 books at once, which mm-hmm. I'm just one of those people. I finished, I'm in a memoir phase, so I just finished Molly Shannon's. I really love that book. I love Molly Shannon. I'm reading people I enjoy. I just finished Britney Spears. I read that one in like, 48 hours. I was a huge Britney fan as a kid. And have you read it? I have it here. And I'm like, I really want to read that, but it's like not on the schedule. So yeah. I would, I'm like, I really should be reading the books where I'm about to talk to the authors. So anytime that I have True. one like that, where it's like, well, I'm not going to talk to Britney Spears. So do I read it or not? So I, I haven't read it yet. It was a very self-indulgent read for me, but it, like many of her fans, I was like, what happened? Where? Yeah. What happened here? And it, it made me angry. I mean, I know I'm not on here to talk about Britney Spears, but I wish I was because I could talk about it for hours because I am mad at her family. But anyway, other books. Um, I'm a big uh, Sedaris fan. I'm reading Gary Gennetti's memoir. Have you read a book by Liz Astroff called Don't Wait Up, Confessions of a Stay-at-Work Mom? No. I feel like this will really, you're like the target for this book. I laughed so hard and it's about her as a mom, but her as, it's, she used to, write for all these funny TV shows. You should get that next. It's really funny. Yes, I will. Okay. Can you show me the title of it again? Yeah, her name is Liz Astroff, but actually she renamed it for okay. the paperback. It was called Don't Wait Up, Confessions of a Stay-at-Work Mom. Actually, now I think it's just mm-hmm. called Stay-at-Work Mom because she wants to stay, okay. stay at work only and not go home to her kids. Yeah. <laughs> funny. <laughs> I mean, she, obviously she doesn't mean it. Well, I, actually, I shouldn't even yeah. say that. Maybe she, you know, she kind of means it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's all hard. It's hard. But I feel like your sense of humor. Yeah, stay-at-work mom. Now, now you're talking about Britney Spears. I'm talking about this other book. But Stay at Work Mom, Marriage, Kids, and Other Disasters. So there you go. Yeah. When did it come out? Sometime in the last five years. 
And the paperback, I don't know, paperback came out. I don't know. Hardcover came out in 2019. So anyway. Okay. Any other books we want to swap? (laughs) I'm reading, I think it's called The Humans, or I just downloaded it after I shared on Instagram that when I'm feeling really anxious, I like to go outside and look at everything as if I'm an alien. I've never seen it before. And people are like, that's the premise of this book called Humans. Oh, you read that one? I have not. But I don't know that that would make me feel better. That would just, that would just make me worry more about like, well, what if, you know, what if the aliens come? What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? I know. My kids, like then my mind will just spin. So. Yeah. But I'll check it out. Well, maybe not for you, but. (laughs) (laughs) A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything. It might be time to work on those things, and I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11, and it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help, and I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy, and you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash moms don't have time. When you were building up this sort of multifaceted brand where you have retail and you have suggestions and everything in your closet and all of this stuff, do you think of yourself as a lifestyle brand? Like, is that what you're aspiring to? Sort of like a funny, or you have, or has it just happened so organically you haven't even thought about it? It's just been organically, honestly. Like, I think if you want to put me, you know, under a label, you can you can call me lifestyle brand. I would prefer it if you called me comedian, writer. That's kind of... Mm-hmm. And I know, like, my huge stick is being an influencer, but I'm resistant to that. I don't know okay. why. It's okay. my own thing. 
but no, it's not. Okay. Correct. Yeah. It. Amazing. Okay. Do you want to do more in-person stand-up stuff like second city ish improv and all of that? I do. Yeah. Yes. I did a lot more of that in my twenties in Chicago and I stopped because I got tired of the nightlife. I'm not a nightlife person. Mm-hmm. And I would host like an open mic that started at 10 PM on a Monday. Oh man. I think of that all the time now. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> like I clutch my pearls. I don't wear it. I'm like, how did you do that? I have to plan like a doctor's appointment, like six months out to mentally prepare. I don't know. But, um, so the night, like even as like in my twenties without kids, I was like, this is too much. Yeah. So luckily this is when Instagram reels came out. So I could still get that like comedy fix from mm-hmm. reels. Yep. And I was like, this is great. I'm reaching hundreds of thousands more people than in person. But then when I went on tour, I was like, oh, there's something to live audience. Obviously. I, I like made myself forget that, but there's yep. definitely something to it. So I got a taste of doing like stand up again and it was really great. But like I said, I also came home very tired. So I'm still trying to figure out how to do that, but I definitely would like to more. And do you have any advice on how you managed to get through Carla's loss and like other people who are grieving the loss of pets or anything? Like, how did you end up getting past all of that? Not that you ever get past. That's the wrong word. How did you get through it? I, I, you know. I was going to say, yeah, you don't get past it. You carry it and you learn how to carry it. Writing was so helpful Mm -hmm. for me, like as cathartic as it could get. Write, like immediately when he died, like within days, I was like, I just got, I have to start writing about it. And it's interesting when you, you know, write about this hard stuff and then you decide to share it. Like I had these weird things I did that I was like, this is just me. Like just one example is I would go through old coats and I'd check if there was a receipt in there. I would be like, don't check the receipt. Don't check the receipt. And I would check it because I wanted to see the date. And oh my God, I'm not sleeping. I've stopped like crying about this. But when you don't sleep, you cry about anything. Anyway, I would check receipts, see if he was still with me. (laughs) If we go to Ace Hardware. Cause I could like remember why Ace Hardware, but like, you know, specific times, like this is when he was still with me. And then I shared that and to hear like other people did that exact same weird ritual. It's like comforting to know we're all so weird. <laughs> so that whole like part, that was just the initial like blog post. And then when I actually like dug in deeper to writing, like one thing, again, I always, I cry when I talk about this, but mornings with my dog were so special <laughs> and I, they were just just getting up in the morning, you know, really early pre-kids and he would sit on my legs and I would write and I'd have coffee and it was just like so calm and nice. So I love mornings with him. And then when he died, um, I didn't love mornings because they were just like brutal and I knew what I'd lost. Anyway, when I got to write about this, it felt like I got those good mornings back with him because I could sit on the couch and I would even like the whole, like fluff the blanket for him to come with me, which I understand as bananas. felt like I got time with him because I would go deep in my brain to things I hadn't thought about forever. You know, like in the book, I talk about our early mornings at the playgrounds in Chicago before the kids would arrive and we'd play on the jungle gyms. So like I was thinking about all these things and then it became less sad because I was like, oh my God, hard. That was so fun. We did that. And like, you know, just when you get a excuse to think about these memories and you don't need an excuse to go down that, you know, path in your mind. But having this book gave me like full advantage to spend hours doing it. And so that was like, I came out of it like happier and thinking about like how lucky I was that I got that time with him 
where before, and I know this is just a part of grieving. I was so angry. He left me like even 10 years is a good amount to get the dog, but it's never good enough. So I went through all the stages of super sad and then super mad. Like grief is frustrating. And I did not know that because car was my first big loss. So we just went on a journey there. I'm sorry about that. Please don't apologize. I'm so sorry. I can just feel how like that you articulate it really well and it's so raw and it's beautiful and we all can relate in one way, shape or form. And now you're going to have a vulnerability hangover again. I mean, I don't know what to say. Oh, I know. Yeah. (laughs) Just for my talk. Oh my gosh. Well, I believe in the power of writing also and how somehow it does whatever we need our brains to do and to help us get through. So, but it's a really good reminder to see how even the thought of writing can bring it back. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Yes. Do you have any advice for aspiring authors? And then I'll let you go because you're so tired and you should go and take a nap. I hope I have not said that too much. When I said sleep like the 15th time, I was like, stop saying that word. Like on here with you, I feel like I can't budge it. I'm sorry. It's hard not to focus on it when you're so tired. I spent years sleep deprived. I'm still, I get it. I have four kids. I totally understand what it's like to try to focus in a regular world when you're like operating on like another plane for a long time. We're just in the thick of it. And it's like the teething of all the things. Anyway, so my advice for aspiring writers is to go back to what my professor, Mr. Shapiro said, write every day because it really is all the things like you learn in school. They're true. Who knew? Like teachers know what they're talking about. The, like the instrument of it, you know, the rhythm of writing, like when I'm in a good pace of it, it comes so much easier, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's what blogging did for me. It taught me the rhythm of it, of it to keep doing it daily. And then also, I don't know what people feel about manifesting, but I would write down very specific goals and that apart, that's writing too. You know, like I have all these dream journals. I've always said my biggest fear in life is someone finding my dream journals because they are so embarrassing. But like long before I ever knew how to get a literary agent, I would write in the present like tense. Like I have a literary agent. I wrote that like every day for five or six years. And at some point I was like, I'm never going to get one because I got so many rejections. And I'm like, this isn't going to happen. And it did. And it's not just like magic woo-woo stuff, but I think it just gets you in the good mindset of like you know, treating, if you want it to be your job, your career, the business side of things, being like, I have a writing agent, I have a great publisher, I would just write down these things that I really wanted, and I had no idea how to get them. But then it just keeps you like working toward it. So write every day and also manifest every day. Because there's something to that just like positive mindset, I think. I love that. I love it. I'm like, what would I even want to manifest? I don't know. Let me think about my next. Let me think about that. It's good. Everybody should think about it. You know, so many things. Yeah. Yeah. So many things. It just puts you in a good mood. Like it's fun. It's fun to just sit there and like write all these things you want as if they've already happened. Uh-huh. And you're suddenly in a good mood. I'm going to do it right after this. Okay. Like I have so much energy. There you go. What I will do my best. Well, Taylor, thank you for chatting and um, being so open and for your book and everything else. Good luck. It, it's, I would say all the expressions. Thank you so much for having me. It will get better. <laughs> I know. Cling on to the good days. Yeah. You know, some days are usually the good days are right after a really bad day. You know, it's not even full days. You know, it's just moments. It's hours. Yeah. Yeah. So a bad hour and then sh- they'll all do something super cute. I'm like, it's worth it. That's just the craziness of motherhood. I get it. Makes no sense. Totally get it. But anyway. 
Okay, enjoy the ride. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.